Yes, thank you. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Well, earlier this week, one of our listeners, Wonga, called in. He's from uh, Matadiela in the Eastern Cape, and he shared a story about um, pupils who were walking to school up to uh, seven kilometers just for them to reach school in the mornings. And it was as a result of not being accommodated by the Scholar Transport Programme. In June, the Minister of Basic Education, Angie Motsera, uh, addressed parliamentary questions on the challenges that the department is facing when it comes to accommodating all eligible learners on the scholar transport system. And as it stands, the figures that were given at the time were that 24,000 eligible learners had not been able to be had not been able to receive a scholar transport. Wonga joins us again on the line. Wonga, good morning to you. Thanks again for your time this morning. Good morning, Katie. Good morning to SAF, SAFM listeners. And you, you, you raised a very important issue earlier on this week, Wonga. And for the purposes of listeners who may not have heard your concern, uh, tell us about what you saw and what concerned you around the state of, of transport. Uh, just, just to briefly narrate the story, uh, Katie. I, I am staying in Wadi 23 in Matadiela. Then when you drive towards where I'm working in town, you have to pass Wadi 10. There's a village there by the name of Sijoka village, whereby there are learners who have to catch a bus to the village called, uh, to the school called Manguzela. To drive there, it's about 7K. So now... Personally, I, I did understand the, 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 the frustration for the bus driver. And also, I have to look at what the learners have told me. One, the driver has, has a, a, a bus that loads about 70. Then from 71 onwards, he, he gets a ticket, he gets a fine. He is almost probably eligible to be arrested because he's overloading. So now the bus driver stands at the door, counting one up to 70. Then from 71 up to 120, 113. All those learners, they're about 43. They will be left on the ground and then they have to walk that particular seven kilometers to school and then seven kilometers back home, which is about uh, 14 kilometers. The, 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 the worrying thing on this case is during trial exams as we speak. And uh, when will those learners be at school? How? are they going to perform their best in terms of uh, being able to, 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 to give out what they have been prepared for the examination? It, it, it pains me a lot because the government is busy now trying to close the smaller schools to do this scholar transport. While they are failing 24,000 learners, that means in the next coming opening school, which is in January, we will have more than 30 learners who will be struggling to get the scholar transport in the Eastern Cape. And then particularly, I'm really concerned where I am because this little small town, which is like Matadiel, are the towns that they don't have mine, they don't have a factory. Everybody depends on getting education so that you can be a police, you can be a nurse, and then you can move out and then go to Johannesburg, go to Cape Town, and then go to PE. Those are the challenges, and it it, it it was very, very painful. Some of the learners have to get in the back of the buggy 
if they, by being assisted by some other people who are traveling between Mount Flesh and Matatiela, who will just take those kids and then off to that particular uh, school. Yeah, and, and we just know the dangers, right, that come with um, people, passengers particularly sitting in the back of a buggy. We've seen yeah. um, the news of what happens when Even they are Even walking accidents. along the road yeah. is very dangerous. Yeah. yeah. All right. Kaise Konjwa is the acting chief director of Scholar Transport in the Eastern Cape Department of Transport. Good morning to you. Thank you for your time on the Talking Point this morning. Uh, good morning, Kathy. Good morning, listeners. Your response to this issue that is being raised by Wonga, what does the department know about this particular case of these learners? Uh, thank you so much, Kathy. Uh, firstly, I think I need to mention that the scholar transport is managed by two departments, which is the Department of Education and, of course, Department of Transport. Both departments have different roles. Uh, I will start with Department of Education. Uh, the identification of a need learner is done by a department by Department of Education. Secondly, the prioritization is also done on which school is to be prioritized in a particular year. It is also done by Department of Education. We are mindful as Department of, of Transport that we are unable to ferry all the qualified learners. But because of the budget, we needed a number from Department of Education uh, so that we can be able to ferry the number that has been prioritized by education. If I could just make an, an example, currently we are ferrying 126,000 learners within the province, uh, of which it's a prioritization that was done by education. Of course, we, we know it's 135,000 uh, who are need learners that we are unable to accommodate because of budget issues. If I can then come to Imanguzela. Kaisa, just, just hang on there before you move on to this uh, particular matter. So you say currently you have 126,000 learners that are using scholar transport out of how many who qualify for it? Out of 135,000. Okay. Uh, if I then move to Imanguzela, Imanguzela, we are currently serving 309, 309 learners, specifically from the Manguzela school, uh, from various pickup points. That's the priority that we've been given by the Department of Education. And we have the six operators, uh, others we have buses, others we have smaller capacity. So in terms of uh, qualifying learners, we are aware that the qualify, a qualifying learner is measured in terms of a policy. There's a national policy that is a guide that is guiding us as to who, qualif- who, who is regarded as a qualifying learner. So we are indeed not able to cover every learner in the province. But within Manguzela, we currently ferrying 309 learners. Uh, the prioritization, as I indicated, is done by the Department of, of Education. So how many learners then 
who are eligible for the service are not covered currently? So, Imanguzela is a school that database, the database of those who are eligible is from is is at Department of Education. We know the no total number that we, the number that we are getting from education to say this is a total number of eligible uh, learners. But what they bring to us is what we are going to be fearing for that particular year. Yes, as but, I'm sitting but, but, here, I'm not sure uh-huh. as to how many learners for Manguzela, the total number for Manguzela, but I know we are fearing the 209 learners. Sure, but in the same way that you were able to give me the figure around the overall eligible learners in the province, surely those numbers can and should be aggregated to a regional level? It is unfortunate, Kathy, because as I'm sitting here, I'm not offhand, I don't know the number. In, in terms, I know the number because the difference between the 135 and the 136 is the number, a difference of those who are eligible. That's the number that we get from the Department of Education. Then now, from the database that we got from o Education, we are now at 126,000. For the Manguzela school, offhand, that information, I, I need to get it from the from from Department of Education of what number for the Manguzela is a confirmed eligible number. I don't have it by heart. So, so then, uh, Kaise, how do you explain a situation where there are clearly learners who are eligible? And I think just the, in the same way that the minister did earlier on this year, you have also acknowledged the fact that there are learners who are eligible for scholar transport but are not able to access that service. What are you expecting these learners to do? Uh, thank you so much, Kathy. The reality is that there are other means that the department uh, is doing in terms of of curbing a, a gap of those that are not ferried through the scholar a, a, a learner transport. For instance, there is a walking bus where in a community a parents are, are identified in a, within a community to be the learning bus, being the parents being drivers of those bus. They are just accompanying learners to school. At a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a fee, at a stipend, that person or that those uh, parents are given a stipend to, ferry, to to accompany learners in the morning to school and then in the afternoon. But that facility only, only applies to primary school learners, not to high school learners. All right, uh, Kaise, I'm going to ask you just to pause it there. We'll continue with you in a moment. Kaise Tonjwa is the Acting Chief Director of Scholar Transport in the Eastern Cape Department of Transport. Wonga, our listener who has raised this issue of learners who are working on close to seven kilometers to get to school in the Eastern Cape is also still on the line. It's 10.30 now. Nomsam Vuli has your latest headlines. Fimo Sasana on SAFM.
we continue the conversation on the talking point, we're looking at the state of scholar transport in the Eastern Cape. Kaise Gonjwa is with the transport department in that province. She's the acting chief director of scholar transport. Kaise, you were still talking to us about um, the the alternatives that you say the department has provided. So you talk about a walking bus by parents for primary school learners and the high school ones? Uh, uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Kathy, once more. Uh, for high school ones, there's a Shovakadlula bicycle project. Uh, the department provides bicycles for high school learners who are, who are, not, who, who are not benefiting on the scholar transport. Uh, but even those ones, they are identified by Department of Education. Department of Transport provides bicycles for those identified by education. The reality is that this task or this project is managed by both departments, Department of Education and Department of Transport. So really, so really then the reality is that for some of those learners, um, in in Manguzela, they 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 left to to their own devices. Kathy, Kathy, did you did you hear Kathy. what I said, Kaisi? No, I didn't, Kathy. I'm sorry. Oh no, no. I was saying that the reality then is that for those learners, um, in in Manguzela, they left to their own devices. They left to to figure it out because. The department is saying, well, we've done all we can and we can't do more than that. So they must just figure themselves out. No, Kathy, we can't say they just uh, left there to figure uh, how to, to travel from home to school. They No, government cannot say that. The reality is that a gap that has also been identified is that a... For instance, by December each financial year, we are given a database by the Department of Transport for us to consider uh, in terms of who qualifies for us to provide a transport. There are intakes that are done by at a school level beyond the opening of schools. At the time, the database is already sent. So that's where the gap is. Because those uh, learners, they don't form part of the prioritization in that particular course. So but 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 you don't know that for a fact because you couldn't even tell us how many of those that are eligible for transport um, currently do not have access to it in Manguzela in particular. So you don't know that the learners that are not able to access this transport um, were not part of an initial list. Katie. Yes, Wonga. Yes. I, 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 I just want to ask one thing is that if the department is closing down a school almost 10 kilometers away from or to the next school, and with the proof that I've got, there are no bicycles that are being provided around Matadia. How is that particular 10 tree learners that are left behind who don't qualify as to how they are vetting them are going to attend school. Why they are closing this particular school, whom the government of the day regards those schools that that was an old apartheid system, 
then we want to get into a new democratic system. But the same democratic system is the one that closes out our children, our black kids, not to attend school because of their vetting, because of how they describe a person who does qualify to be in a scholar transport. Thank you, thank you, Katie. Uh, if maybe we had a representative from Department of Education, maybe uh, my, my, my counterpart should be able to respond to that question. As I've indicated previously, both departments have various different roles to play. For instance, the identification as to who qualifies for a learner transport is done by Department of Education. It's the Department of Education that knows as to which school will be closed in between the final the academic year. So that information is also housed at the Department of Education. So there are some areas that I may not be able to answer in full because of the roles that have been segregated between Department of Education and Department of Transport, unfortunately. Kaise, what are you going to be doing to then try and understand why it is that there isn't enough capacity for learners in Manguzela in particular and why there aren't alternatives that are being put in place for these learners? Now that things catching now that the issue has been brought to Department of Transport, we will be able sit with the Department of, of Education just to check because, as I've said, the prioritization is done by education. We will sit with them for us to, to check now for an alternative because transport, uh, they are not part of what has been submitted to education. But we are still open to some other alternatives like the walking bus, like, uh, as I've indicated, the, the, the Shavagalula bicycle. So we will follow up the matter with Manguzela School. When can we expect an update from you? Uh, before the end of the month, because that one was put set with the education. But before the end of September, everything will be will have been verified. All right. We'll be in touch with you before the end of September to get an update on this issue. Wonga, let me thank you so much for coming okay, in. Can okay. I just come in just one last time, Kate? All right. If they will be providing those bicycles, we must understand one thing. Those learners will be competing with cars on that particular R56. So that smells more danger. There's no other alternative for these kids if they get those bicycles to drive on a pavement that has been built from Sijoga to Manguze. So in winter, Katie, in Matadiela and around Mount Fletcher, the degrees in the morning around minus zero, minus four, are they going to provide gloves? I don't think so. But the unfortunate part in what is happening, the same government that took over in 1994 is the same government who just talked to say, we want our black people to get education, but they don't make means of those people to get into that particular education to better themselves.
Wonga, let me thank you so much for bringing this conversation onto the national agenda. It's a very important okay, conversation, and we will follow up uh, with the department before the end of September. That's all. We'll thank wrap it much. up with that uh, conversation. Still ahead, we'll take you live to Pretoria. This is where Dumelo Madlala, Senzo Mewa's friend, continues to give evidence. Today, of course, he's identifying the man that he claims was in the house was the one that was wielding the firearm that led to the killing of Senzo Meiwa.